Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I'm the master chef cooking you up something succulent and divine. <laughs> I want to thank you all for joining me. Um, my co-hosts are not here because this is story time, you know? This story is called Daddy's Lessons. Mm-hmm. And I want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy yourself. And welcome to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be all right. Just know that it will be all right. It will be all right. It will be all right. to start this story off. So let me go back to um maybe like this is like late 70s. Um this is it kind of begins with my mother. So um I'm going to tell y'all the story. I am not one of these characters. I'm one of the characters later, so I can give you a lot more detail when it comes to my part of the story. But when I talk about other people, I'm only giving you what I've been told and what they told me. So here you go. (laughs) So let's take this back to the late 70s. I wasn't a twinkle in my daddy's sack yet. (laughs) Or... um. My mama's ovaries, you know, that's important too, duh. Um, So my mom met my dad. She told me that they met um, somewhere at a, like a boys and girls club. And he just was beautiful. Now, this was like the late 70s. So my dad fit this kind of description that we all know, that pretty boy, light skin, curly hair, he had all the things that were really hot back then. <laughs> so my mother um, just just fell in love with him. She, like, she just was like, oh, my God. My dad, um, he was coming of age. He was two years older than my mom. Um, they were both teenagers. And he really, really liked my mom. Surprisingly, what my mom didn't know is my dad was kind of battling his sexuality. He wasn't messing around with boys, but he actually liked boys. But my mom was one of the only women that he actually liked and was attracted to. So not really being for sure of his sexuality, he explored with my mother because she, like I said, she was the the girl that he enjoyed the company of her he enjoyed her personality he enjoyed everything about her so um you know he explored it and he wasn't he was I wouldn't say he was in the closet it just it wasn't that it's just that he was young he was a teenager and he really wasn't for sure about his sexuality now my mom on the other hand my mother comes from a very broken home she come from a sexual sexual abuse background she um she, she she will tell you she's never been a virgin because people was always molesting her. 
So, you know, one of those sad stories. She come from that. So when she got into her teens, a guy giving her attention the way my father was giving her attention that looked like my father, um, it changed her life. It um, changed. It just, she soaked up the attention like a sponge. And if my father was an unhealthy situation, which he was not, she really would have been caught up. But he was a good guy, you know, in re- mm, relatively speaking, but we'll talk about that later. Um, he wasn't trying to abuse her. He wasn't trying to do anything, um, anything like that. He just enjoyed her company, and he was exploring his sexuality. So one of the things that I learned about my mom is that my mom was kind of a tomboyish. She was kind of boyish, go figure, since he liked boys. Of course, if, if the girls he was going to like are going to be a little bit more butch. <laughs> so um, my mom would um, my mom would dress like a boy, tennis shoes. She was a hood girl, blah, blah, blah. My dad was a little less hood. Um, he grew up with um, both his parents, you know, um, you know, upper worker class family. So he would, my dad would buy her clothes that were a little bit more feminine. And he was like, you should wear heels. He would buy her heels. Um, he should, he would get her dresses so she can wear and be more feminine. And, you know, he just liked her being more feminine. So that made my mom feel beautiful. Nobody gave her that attention. So, you know, she sucked it all up. And so they fell in love and started messing around. Okay. So my mom was like 16, 17. Well, she was like 15 and he was like um, 17. (coughs) And all of a sudden, because my dad was really popular because of his looks, he was a beautiful man. He got a lot of hate, and he was a feminine man. So not super, super flamboyant, but definitely if you talk to him, you know that this is a gay man. And mind you, they were in their teens. I just explained. He hadn't messed with boys. He hadn't messed around, and it wasn't this all was new to him. He was attracted to boys, but he just wasn't for sure that that was the route that he was going to go. So that's why he was with my mom. So, but other people picking up on his femininity and also liking my mom, they would hate on him. They would hate on my dad and they would be like, you know, he's a faggot. He don't like you. He like niggas. He like boys. That's a, that's a punk. That's a fuddy duddy. Blah, 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 blah. And they would kind of tell my mom all the tea, but my mom being young and in love and remember she's drunk off of this attention that she never got from this beautiful Oh, light-skinned elder barge-looking nigga. <laughs> so she would always defend him and be like, he not gay, he not gay, uh-uh, he not gay, he not gay. So everybody would tell her, he is gay, yo. <laughs> like, come on, he is gay. And she was like, no, he wouldn't be with me if he wasn't gay. Boom. So fast forward. A couple of months, my dad would dip out on my mom. Like, he would be gone for six months and not talk to her, not engage with her. She'll be heartbroken. You know, normal fuckboy shit. She wouldn't talk to him. He would randomly pop up and try to 
sed- not necessarily not seduce, but um, you know, get back in her good graces, and then she'll forgive him and take him back, and then boom, he'll disappear for six months again. Fuck boy shit. So my mom being a G. <laughs> the G that she is, where I got it from. The apple don't fall too far from the tree. <laughs> you know, my mama said, you know, you want to be a fuckboy. I'm going to do some fuckboy shit. Not no fuckboy, but some gangster big shit. <laughs> and I'm going to hook up with the dude that is kind of your enemy. And that's kind of what she did. Not kind of, that is what she did. So she started talking to one. See, my my dad had a brother. And being that he was this feminine, um, every assumed gay boy in this high school, they bullied him. Anytime they saw him out and about, they would try to fight him. And my father was a fighter, so he would be fighting all the time. And back then, this is like 70s, or late 70s, early 80s, you know, they we didn't have the internet and so they had you know they had they would go to the rink which is the skating rink and they would go to different parties at the Tyndall Armory and um just different things and stuff like that and um that was a regional reference Tyndall Armory is like this little spot where they they have like little parties in Indianapolis anyway so when he would go to the rink they would be trying to fight him because he's feminine and not only is he's is he feminine but he is a fine ass boy like so it's so the colorism is real and the dark niggas is hating on them <laughs> and you know you a pretty ass nigga dudes try to try you and so that's kind of what was going on with my dad in his life in high school so on his on his side from what he told me it was kind of this is just like a bad time in his life motherfuckers would be trying to bully him everywhere he go folks trying to fight him and, you know, that's just kind of what it was. And it would be sometimes for no reason just because, you know, he was a light-skinned pretty boy, so you red, so we don't think you're a punk anyway and try to bully you. But he was a fighter, so he was just fighting all the time. Anyway, so my mom ended up hooking up with the dude who would always be trying to bully him. <laughs> Tough luck. <laughs> so, so my mom really just stopped dealing with my dad in regards to – um you know, in regards to trying to talk to him. She got a new man and moved on. So, like good fuckboy fashion, my dad um, would come back. Came back this last time and seen her walking. And he told her, "Can I, he had a car at this point. Um, one of the only dudes in the hood <laughs> that had a car. Um, because, you know, he wasn't really living in the hood. He was with his parents, his dad. His dad worked a good job. And, you know, he he's not in the hood like my mom. So um, he had a car. He seen my mom walking and was like, um, let me take you home or whatever. So she get in the car with him and he took her to um, his aunt's house. I think, it, I think she said my mom said it was his aunt's house. And he commits to kissing on her, trying to convince her to give him another chance and you know this was her first puppy love so she's kind of giving in but kind of not and she's telling him no I got somebody else and um like she's 16 and he is 18 well on the way she's on the way to being 16 um no she's early she just turned 16 and so he 
just turned 18 and um you know they're in the house and he's kissing on her and lovey dubby in and um he gets on top of her and she was like no get off of me and i got somebody else and i'm with that other dude and you know you be playing games get off of me and he wouldn't get off of her and she says he slid my panties to the side and basically commits to having sex with me she was like you know this is i'm telling him no and telling him stop but he's not stopping and i'm trying to get him off of me but i can't get him off of me and so i just let him do it like it you know i had already had sex with him and this is kind of it's not like i had not been in a situation with him so technically this is rape but it's not, it's not rape rape now i'm now ain't no such thing as rape rape <laughs> rape is rape no consent is no consent so but this i'm just explaining it to y'all how my mom explained it so she was like so i can't tell you that i just was like oh my god push him off of me <laughs> oh my god i'm traumatized you're raping me she said no that wasn't that wasn't what it was but I said, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and he wouldn't stop. I couldn't get him off of me. <laughs> so I just kind of gave in and we had sex. So they had sex at one time. And um, once again, <laughs> he dips off. <laughs> he dips off and, you know, does his normal fuck boy shit and dips off again. So at this point, my mother has made up her mind and it just was the the last draw. So fast forward to seven months later. My mother is seven months pregnant. <laughs> my father in his car sees her walking remember i told you he leaves for six months and come back <laughs> my my mother is standing on the corner big and pregnant stomach out and da 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 and he sees her and my father was like hey yo is that my baby and my mother says no motherfucker get the fuck out of here like this ain't your baby this is the other dude's baby and he was like how you know that ain't my baby and my mother said, motherfucker, I know this ain't your baby. I only messed around with you one time. Blah, 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 And I didn't want to do that. And blah, 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 So my dad was like, man, I think that's my baby. So he goes to my grandmother. And he tells my grandmother that he thinks that that is his baby because eight months ago, she said she was eight months, eight months ago, him and her had sex. And... My mother told my grandmother, no, it's not his baby. It's the other dudes. <laughs> that's who I've been with for all this time. I've been sleeping with him, and that's what it is. So, skip a month later, my mother has me. I come out, and I'm high yellow with blue eyes. Now, the other dude is also kind of, he's not light skin. He's kind of brown caramel skin, but you know, black folks, that don't really mean nothing if you can have you can have a light baby if even if both parents are dark skinned it just really depends on um what genes come out 
it's just just how it is so my father pops up at the the gay the gay guy <laughs> uh, he he comes to the hospital with diapers and everything and my mother tells him dude this is not your baby you are a faggot motherfucker you are a faggot i know you're a faggot and this ain't your baby. And my son is not gonna is not gonna be raised by no fucking faggot with no faggot as no fucking father. So leave the fucking hospital. I didn't tell your ass to come here. I don't know why my mother told you to come to the hospital. But nigga, you is gay. You a fag. And I don't like faggots. I don't want you around my son. Stop fucking harassing me i'm in the fucking bed in the hospital and i gotta deal with joe faggot ass so get the fuck out so my father like damn well maybe he's hurt he's devastated he's like what the fuck like where did this come from you know i'm not gay and why the fuck why the fuck are you doing this right now why are you listening to people all of a sudden and calling me faggots and stuff where did this all this homophobic shit come at like he's like where did this come from like how did where does this i don't understand (laughs) and but you know you this bell hell bent on me not being the father and you this hell bent on calling me a faggot and i'm kind of angry that you calling me a faggot when i you the girl that i like this is kind of hurt my feelings and fuck it fuck you fuck that baby fuck it so he ends up now at this point in his life he's remember he's 18 so he doesn't want to be in the house with his parents because his father is really abusive and homophobic too and so his father is really being abusive and he wants to get out of his house and back then when you want to leave home at 18 if you're not going to college guess where you go you went into the military so my father went into the navy he was stationed in san diego and left from indianapolis and went to san diego and my mother never at that point it was never discussed he was never discussed the person Oh, uh, to add insult to injury, when my mom was calling him all that faggot, she told him, this is not your baby. The baby is who I said it was, and that's who, uh, that's who's on the birth certificate. That's who it is, and that's what it is, the other guy, the guy that he hates, the guy that used to bully him, and all of that kind of stuff. So, so now he's just pissed off, and he moves and goes, gets stationed to a station in San Diego to the military, to the Navy. So that was all late 70s, early 90s. And I was born and I never knew of this person. I never knew of this story. I never knew it. So fast forward to that was like early 80s, late 70s. All that happened. Fast forward to 92, 1992. I am at this point 11 like 10, 11, yes, 11, and um, 10, no, 11, yeah, 11, so 
at the point of this time, I was, it's not, wasn't 92, it was like 91. So what was happening in my particular life, my mother is a drug addict. She is um, addicted to crack cocaine and um, she is currently in her addiction. And at this point in her life, this is the first downfall, like the first time that the drugs just take over her life. And it's horrible, like crazy, crazy, crazy. I talked about this on my YouTube channel, so you can go and listen to that. But anyway, this is this is smack dab in the middle of this time. So my grandmother, I lived in Boston when this all started to happen. And my grandmother had to come to Boston and just snatch all of her grandkids up and take us to back home to Indianapolis because my mother was doing so bad on drugs. So anyway, when my mother, when my, my grandmother kind of had an ultimatum, kind of made my mother ultimatum. If she didn't come back to um, Indianapolis with her, she was going to take her kids from her. And so that my grandmother didn't want to do that, but she was kind of just trying to threaten her to get her to come home. And so she can help clean her up. So anyway, so my mother came back home. So at this point, we all live in the same two bedroom apartment. Off of 38th and Post Road photos, <laughs> 42nd and Post in Oak Tree. Anyway, more regional. Um, so. We all live in the same apartment. My grandmother is sitting, watch, listening. My grandmother is sitting, reading the newspaper. So just like old people do. <laughs> Smart old people. <laughs> so she's going through the obituary and she sees a familiar name. So, but the name has a junior on it. So she was like, who is this? And so she calls the mortuary, just like a nosy grandmother. She calls the mortuary and realize that this person who passed away who was 14 years old was actually the son of my father's my father's brother and they have the same last name so she called and gave her condolences and she talked to the brother and told him about me and how old I was and the brother was like oh my god he has been saying for years that that was his baby and my brother is coming to town for my son's funeral. So the son, uh, my uncle Winky's son, got hit by a car and it killed him. And that's how my mother found, my grandmother found my father through the obituary of his death. And they, she seen the name and she got it reconnected. So at this point, my grandmother convinces my mother to come clean about everything that I didn't know for 10 years. So I haven't even known none of this story. The guy who used to bully my fathers is the only father that I know. So the other guy, the bully guy. So he's the only one who I know as my father. I never heard about the other guy, the gay guy, <laughs> quote unquote. So my grandmother convinced my mother based on mistakes she made about keeping my her my grandfather away from my mother. She convinced my mother to um, tell me the story. So, my mother basically does that. She tells me this whole story about the story I just told y'all. She gave me all the background, and I'm 12 years old, 11, 12, and she gives me all the background. But remember, she is talking to a 12-year-old child. She is not talking to an adult. 
So the story she gives me is really vague. She gives me the basics that your daddy was gay and I didn't want no gay man raising my son. But I'm going to keep it real with you. This dude more than likely is your daddy. And I knew it was your daddy since you was two years old because you look just like him and you act just like him. She says, but, you know, keeping it real, I only was sleeping with two people, your daddy and the other guy. So both of them could be your daddy, yo. <laughs> but I was sleeping with the other one, the bully guy. Let's call let's call him Derek. I was sleeping with Derek more than I was sleeping with the gay one. Let's call him Fuddy. Um, Fuddy, you know, he was gay, and I didn't want him in your life as your father. And I don't think it's his bad. I didn't. You know, I didn't think it was his baby at all because I had only slept with him that one time that he kind of forced it on me. And but I was sleeping with the other dude multiple times, like because he was my boyfriend at the time. And only reason why I ended up sleeping with Fuddy was because he kind of forced himself on me in this situation. So, you know, I didn't want no faggot raising my son. And that's not what I wanted to do. But if you want to meet him, we can meet him. So for the first time in my life, I was meeting somebody new that potentially is my father. The strange part about the situation is when I went outside, I picked him out. Like I could tell that this guy looked like me. Like I can see myself in him. So when he walked up, he could see that he could see himself in me. And so it was the first time that we met and it was kind of like, kind of amazing first of all because the other guy was like a deadbeat dad and i never really talked to him the last time i fucking talked to him i was like five or six years old and he had bought me some winter boots and but i never talked to him no more um i was really close to his brother who was more into me than he was as far as being his child um but he ended up getting killed so once my uncle jeffrey quote-unquote uncle got killed i never talked to the other guy who was supposed to be my dad who was on my birth certificate i I personally never talked to him so i didn't think about um i didn't you know i was so excited to meet this new guy because the other guy was a deadbeat i hadn't talked to him in years since i was five and i was 11 at this point so i meet him and we we just connect and so he was. T- he tells my mom, let me bring him to California with me. And so he, they decided to, he decided to buy me a ticket from um, Indianapolis to um, San Diego on the Greyhound round trip. And at 11 years old, I rode a summer of 92. I want y'all to think about the time. 92 was when um, uh, TLC... Baby, 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 I got so much love in me. Oh, uh, TLC was out. Um, and um, um, I love your smile, <laughs> Shanice, and what else is out? Um. Oh, Tevin Campbell. Um, Tomorrow will bring better you, better me. 
Um, no, that wasn't the album out. That was his Quincy Jones. Um, if we all sing one song, one song of love, one song of peace, one song to make all our troubles cease. Oh, that was my jam. Anyway, um, oh, come and talk to me. I really want to meet you, girl. I really want to know your name. Anyway, I got to get, do this little song for y'all. Just let you know what it was feeling. So when all these fresh-ass songs, R&B was on it, everything, um, um, Come and talk to me. I really want to meet you, girl. I really want to know your name. Ow! Anyway, so this is like 92, and it was a summer. It was the first time I ever was in California. California was beautiful. First time I ever met some Mexicans. <laughs> it was like so bomb. Like, oh, my God. So this was that summer. And I rode the Greyhound all the way from Indianapolis to California. It was by myself at 11 years old. <laughs> Who knew? Anyway, it was wonderful. I loved it, loved it, loved it. I had a ball. So when I'm in California, it was like it was so amazing. I really enjoyed the trip. Um, It was great. But by the end of the trip, by the end of the summer, me and my father would have these clashes. Like, we would have, like, really bad personality clashes. So, I remember he drove me all the way to um, Six Flags in um, Valencia, California. And it was this ride, this big, scary-ass ride. Now, mind you, I'm 11. It was this big, scary-ass ride that he wanted me to ride. And I did get on it one time. But I don't enjoy the experience of roller coasters. So... I didn't want to be dis- a disappointment and be scary and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I got on it once, but he wanted me to get on it a second time. And I did not want to get on it. And I told him no. But I told him no in like the most immature way. <laughs> I was like, my mama told me that if I didn't want to do something, I didn't need to do it. And I need to, and I should call her if you try to make me do something. So don't try to make me do this. <laughs> me looking back on it was childish as fuck but he's an adult he should know better but do you know what he did he t- once i said that to him baby he stopped the whole trip packed us up, packed me up and put it put me in the car left the whole amusement park and drove his ass happy ass right back home didn't speak to me anymore like we never really talked anymore about um anything like, we never really talked. Like, I would be, because I would be in my grandmother's. Because <sighs> his mother lived in California with him as well. Um, and he took, when he was, like, young, like, about 20, he took custody of his sisters, who also was on, who was on drugs. Um, he took custody of his sister's children. And so they were there. And they were, like, teens. Like, they were, like, 19 and 17. So I would be over their house the rest of the summer. He would not talk to me like I would sleep at his house, but hang out would be at the, his house at um, my grandmother's with the niece and nephew. So it, it just was crazy. His, he like he really hated the fact that I said that and treated me bad um, re- kind of cold and uh, emotionless for the rest of the trip. It was kind of gross and whack um, and childish on his part since he was an adult. 
But anyway, um, it was crazy because we, it was such a night, his personality was so night and day. When we were driving there, like this also went, um, um, you got me feeling emotions deeper than I ever dreamed of. Um, this is when that was out. And so be- this is before my voice changed so I could hit, I can hit all them notes. <laughs> I came down. Um, so uh, we was in the car driving to the theme park and it was so excited. I was hitting all the notes that he was fagging out. And, you know, I was this little boy that was gay as hell. And I reminded him of himself because he was gay as hell. <laughs> and we just fagging out together, singing Mariah Carey, headed to the theme park. And on the way back, it was a total different thing. He was sitting there looking mean and evil and late and shady. And it was like that for the rest of the trip. It was like the last third of the trip. Anyway, I went back to my mom's and back back on the bus to my mom. And um, I didn't talk to him anymore. I didn't talk to him anymore. Like we lost contact and that was it. So it was crazy, kind of wild. Anyway, I went back to... um, Life started to happen. My mother still was going through her drug shit. Um, I ended up going to college in Mississippi. I ended up going to a group home and, you know, just life. If you, I got a lot of this information on my YouTube. So just my life, like going to a group home and um, my mother just going to prison, um, moving to Mississippi, going to college at Jackson State. Um, While I was at Jackson State, and mind you, anytime you get a connection with your dad, if you don't have a dad in your life, you know, you always kind of trying to make that connection. It's just what it is. So what I would do, there used to be this site called College Club while I was in college. If you Google people's name, you could find their college email on College Club. Not Google. Google went back back then, I guess. Um, you could, If you search for people's name in college club you can find their college club emails kind of like what um facebook used to be back in the day before it kind of got social real real social it kind of just was for school people so i google i keep saying google sign of the times not google i searched for (laughs) that's good branding google good job anyway um i searched for his name and it popped up his school email and I hit him up and he was so excited to see me now mind you I transitioned in this in 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 the midst of this time so I'm a whole grown-ass trans woman in college (laughs) so I transitioned around 13 14 years old so when that happened you know there was I he when I told him and showed and he saw my pictures I sent my pictures he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm transgendered and this is what it is. And he was like, oh, OK. <laughs> and he didn't say anything negative. He just like, oh, OK, well, you look beautiful. And we kind of just talked back and forth. And he was like, here's my number. Call me. Now, mind you, we haven't talked since I was 11, 12. And now I'm in like 19. 2021 so this between 19 and 21 we would converse 
through email. We would talk on the phone. He still lived in California. Um, I'm in Mississippi at the time in college and we're talking blah, 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 blah. And it's all positive. And we, he's sharing his side of my mother's story, you know, being that my mother was the God to me, (laughs) her story and her word and her mindset was, um, all that I kind of knew. That's all that, you know, that's the story that I had his particular story. We didn't really talk too much about until this time of my life so he gave me he filled in some of the blanks from his perspective in regards to what happened and he definitely didn't say anything about he forced himself on her <laughs> and that kind of stuff um he his was more um oh she wanted it <laughs> shady anyway so he I give him I tell him that I'm in college and at this point my mom is kind of hood my mom is hood and college stuff like I don't know how to say this so because my mama didn't go to college when you talk to her about school stuff she almost is disinterested like she my mama don't put value in that kind of um cultural things my mom put value in ghetto shit like or beauty so when i transition when my mama talk to you about me to other people it's about my beauty so she's always oh my daughter is beautiful like it's never about me being smart it's never about college it's never you never that's just not you me and my brother talked about this too like we can't i can't call my mom and celebrate about me passing a class with an a after struggling through the class because it's gonna be like oh okay that's nice do 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 oh i talked to this it's she's it's she's gonna skip over it it's not gonna be important when i talk to her about wanting to be aka it's gonna be like oh oh that's nice you should go for it do 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 <laughs> it's anything that deals with something that's kind of upper level and maybe because she didn't experience it it wasn't, it's not of important. So what I wanted from my dad, who is an overachiever, my dad has like three degrees. Fuddy has like three degrees. He went to the Navy, went to, he graduated from um, South California, something, San Diego State. Then he went to Berkeley Law School, um, got a law degree. He got a bioengineering degree, a business degree. He got degrees. He got like three. And so he's kind of like a, overachiever i guess that's what you would call it um making tons of money and he he at this time in his life i wanted somebody that can appreciate the higher education that i was getting that could appreciate my hard work and understand the battle of that of college and college life and all that kind of stuff and I wanted him to be that person so when i talked to him at that time that i was in college it was a really really refreshing experience it was deep it was like it gave me something that I longed for at the time so this is around I'm in college this is around 2000 2001 2002 so around 2003 my mother long story short goes to prison I also have the interview with my brother to explain this part of the story so I don't need to talk about it (laughs) um, on YouTube but if you've been around me for a long time, you know that story. So my mother ended up going to prison and I ended up getting custody of my brother. 
So when I tell my dad about it, he's still in California. We still haven't seen each other since 92. Remember, this three, two, three years, we've only been talking on the phone. So I tell him, I tell him that I'm taking custody of my brother. And my dad says, no, don't do that. That's going to be the mistake of your life. I did that. Remember, I took custody of my niece, my um, my niece and my nephew from my from their mother, my sister, and it changed my life. I didn't have any freedom. I was taking care of somebody else's responsibilities. Don't do this. You're going to regret it. Now, I don't really know his circumstances in regards to why he did it, but why I took custody of my brother is because my brother and I don't have anybody else. We all each other got. And if my mom went to prison, he could end up in a group home. He could end up in places that he didn't want to be. He wanted to be with me, somebody that he was familiar with, somebody that was responsible, somebody that was drug free, somebody who gave some type of stability and love to him. And so I wasn't going to let my brother go out like that. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, yo, I'm not going to let my brother um, be out here by himself. So. You know, I'm I'm going to take custody of my brother now that I'm old enough to do it. Previously, I was taking care of my brother and I wasn't old enough. But now I'm old enough to do it. Hell yeah, I'm going to go through the legal way and get custody of my brother. And that's what I did. He regretted it. And he started to, started to kind of tell this fantasy about, um, he gave me like this ultimatum. And well, I didn't know it was an ultimatum at the time. But he gave me this proposition, let's call it that, but it was eventually an ultimatum. Um, this proposition that he I would come to California if I didn't take my brother. I would he would send for me to come to California and I could stay with him and we'd be <coughs> this father son duo educated, pumping through the club. Now mind you, he's openly gay now pumping through the club and you know being this power father and son duo it was kind of creepy not on it was what no no um no bullshit like no sexual shit it was on some we look sickening i'm your father you my son we both look sickening we pumping through the club that's what we gonna do but you can't come down here and be a transsexual you have to be a boy a gay boy and we just be this perfect father son gay boy duo just killing it so let me get this straight you want me to choose to let my brother go somewhere else and choose not to be the woman that i am just to come fulfill this father and son fantasy for you for some free rent and to help me get through college that wasn't an even exchange for me, so I had to turn that situation down. First of all, because I am who I am. Second of all, that's my brother. That's my blood. That's He's been in my life since he was born. <laughs> you, I ain't seen you since 92. <laughs> he was born in 90 and been in my life this whole time. That is my baby. <laughs> that's my brother. I love him. That is my heart. I'm not going to give him up. Oh, no bullshit. Like, oh, that for your fantasy. So once I kind of gave that explanation, 
He's like, okay, well, I know you're going to regret this. And at that point, from that point on, he stopped answering my phone calls. Stopped talking to me. Stopped interacting with me at all. Shady. (laughs) So, anyway, fast forward to 2000. Okay, we need to go back. I'm not don't fast forward. Let's go back to 1997. All right. So back in 1997, my mother, my mother prior to me growing into who I am was a homophobe. But because I was a feminine child who more than likely she knew, she said I knew that she was going to either be gay I didn't know you was going to be transgender. There's an interview with my mother on my YouTube channel, too. <laughs> Meet my mommy. <laughs> um, you can hear our history in regards to that. Um, she she didn't treat me bad, but she would treat other gay people bad. If not around me, but in when she was younger and, you know, me coming into her life changed her mentality about gay people she was a homophobe um so when I turned like 16 17 I brought my mom to the gay club (laughs) I was like hey come to the gay club with me and mind you at this point my mother has never done anything to make me feel like she was a homophobic I learned that she was a homophobe from her years later She didn't want me to feel any kind of way from her. So she never disrespected me, which I respect. So her, me bringing her to the gay club was a groundbreaking thing for her because she never had been to one. But she wasn't going to disrespect anybody. And she just was like, oh, my God, this is my child. I got to accept her. And this is what it is. So she came to the gay club with me. So when we walk into the gay club with my mom, who has never been to a gay club, we tip into the gay club, and all of a sudden, my mom goes over to this butch queen <laughs> and is acting so excited and kiki, 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 kiki. Oh my God! I can't, oh my God, I haven't seen you in years! Da, da, da. And I'm looking like, first of all, this is some old butch queen that I don't know, and I know all the popping butch queens, so he ain't, he's some old. At a date, butch queen that don't do nothing but sit on the side at the bar. And, you know, I'm like, how does my mother know this person? I'm kind of giving stuck-up attitude. Like, why are you talking to this one of all the ones? This is somebody old. <laughs> now, mind you, I'm like 17. I'm in there because I got a fake ID. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of strange. So my mother, once she calms down, and she's like, oh, my God, wait, come here, look. And so she brought, grabbed my arm and brought me over to this middle-aged butch queen, bald head. And she was like, I want you to meet my friend, Harold. I want you to meet Harold. So I walk up to him and I was like, hi, Harold. And he was like, hi. He was like, this is Fuddy's child. And she was like, "Mm mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, my God. She looked just like him. And my mom was like, mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And I'm like, what's going on? 
Wait, no, no. He didn't say my father's name. He was like, is this the one? And I was like, what? What are y'all talking about? And my mother was like, mm-hmm. And he was like, what? So my mother says, I want to, basically him and my mom get in cahoots. And and we end up leaving the club and going to his apartment complex. So I don't know this man. This is some old bitch queen. So I'm like, oh, where are we going? Why? I'm I'm curious. So I'm like, what is going on? How do you know my mother? I know my mother don't know no gay people. So how do you know my mother? <laughs> so we go back to his apartment. And we sit on his couch. His house, his apartment is late. Oh, my God. It was so late. And we sit on his couch. And mind you, I have transitioned. I'm like 17 at this point, 16, 17. And they're kind of talking about old days and just all this stuff. And I'm like, what? My mother knows a gay person. Like, I, this is kind of throwing me for a loop. <laughs> like, what's going on? And so he comes out of his closet. He comes from the back room while they're talking because he went to the back room and he brings out this big old box so he brings out this box and he has his pictures of this woman she is so gorgeous she looks now mind you these pictures are from like the early 70s mid 70s so they look like 70s pictures now mind you this is like 96 97 so these pictures are like 20 years old so they look like 70 like these pictures look like all the way like just beautiful um like they look like model pictures from the 70s um they look it's just oh it's just so nostalgic like you see the clothes you see the hair you see the makeup and these are just tons of these pictures from the 70s so I'm in awe just this one woman she just looks so beautiful and she just looks like a model she's brown skin and she's gorgeous and it's just oh my god like who is this woman so then all of a sudden he pulls out this picture of this young hot 17 year old guy and I recognize the guy immediately it is my father but he's young and I'm like oh my god you know my dad and he was like mm-hmm. and my mother says mm-hmm I was like, oh, my God. So now I'm sucked in. They done sold me. I see I see why I'm here. I want all the tea. Spill the tea. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. So he pulls out all these pictures. And I was like, so, oh, he was friends with his girls, these girls in the picture. And he was like, yes, these, yes, he that was my friend. I was like, huh? And he was like, yes, this girl that you see is me. <laughs> I was like, wait. You were a trans woman? And he was like, yep, at the time. <gasps> oh, my God. Why did you detransition? <laughs> and now I'm just engulfed in this person. Like, oh, my God, you were so beautiful. Like, why did you turn back? Like, what? <laughs> and I'm just in shock that this person in front of me was this beautiful girl from the 70s because this is just a middle-aged man and I'm like why just the thought of detransitioning in my mind at the time was like why would you detransition like what like look at you you were you are exactly what I want to be you were beautiful you were modelistic you were just everything like why did you do this and so 
he was like, well, it's different than it. Back then, it was different now than it is now. You girls got a lot of stuff that we didn't have back then. You girls got protections. You girls it may not have protection, but it's kind of, you see it more often. Y'all, I see girls out here having jobs. Back in my day, when I would get a job, people would call and tell my tea, and I would get fired. And there would be no, there were no consequences. I couldn't keep a job. I couldn't take care of myself unless I was a prostitute and that, and I wasn't a street girl. So people would beat me up. They would threaten. And I was pretty, so they would threaten to cut my face. And I just wasn't built for that street life. So I couldn't survive. And I had to detransition because I couldn't survive. And this is Indiana. This ain't like New York where you kind of have this clique of people. I was alone. There was no trans woman that was like me. I was like, oh, my God, how did you know my dad? Well, your dad was a new boy on the scene, and we became friends. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. So I'm meeting a legendary trans woman that is not a trans woman anymore and somebody connected to my dad who I didn't know anything about. Now, remember, I hadn't seen him since 92, and this is like 97, and it just was like, wow, you know, a piece of my history that I that you can talk about. So now, 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 let's fast forward to 2010. OK, story. I was, it's getting long, but, you know, you know how my stories are. So fast forward to 2010. So now Facebook and everything is popping. <laughs> so I look for my dad on Facebook. I look for his name because now I'm grown. I'm in, I'm 30. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, we haven't talked to each other since you tried to give me this ultimatum and didn't want to talk to me then. And so I, I hit him up and I see him this long message like, hey, how you doing? You know, I'm just seeing how you are. Now, mind you, there's no really no hard feelings because I made the decision and it's hard feelings, but not, um, not, um, not, I can't really explain it. Like, it's just, it's just sad that you wouldn't want to be in my life, but okay, cool. There it goes. Um, I hit him up and I'm like, Hey, I'm grown now. Hey, how are you doing? I'm just trying to check on you, see what's up with you or whatever. And so I remember having a conversation with him years ago before we had the ultimatum where he was questioning whether or not I was his child or not like he was like your mom was dealing with another boy and and me and I only remember me having sex with her one time but she was dealing with another boy because it could have been you know it could have been anybody it could have been and I don't know if she just was dealing with him she could have been dealing with anybody she was hanging around girls that was known to be hoes and I was like, but my mama wasn't known to be a hoe. Sherry was, her friend Sherry and her friend Faye. He was like, but birth was a feather flock together, so it could have been anybody. And I was like, what? Yeah, right. But I know my mom. Like, I don't know. My mom would tell me the truth. My mom is real honest in regards to how she lived, like, especially her sexuality. Um, she tells me everything, shit that I don't really want to hear. <laughs> and so, um, so, you know, I believe my mom, but he... You know, he was in doubt or whatever. So that was the first time that he had questioned whether or not I was his or not. So when I sent him a message on Facebook, he didn't respond. And you know, Facebook shows you if they look at it or not. So he didn't respond. 
And so I sent another message. He looked at it and didn't respond. And then he blocked me. I was like, whoa, like, is it that serious? But it hurt my feelings, but I'm like, okay, well, fuck it. Like, you ain't been in my life this long, so fuck it. Leave it alone. So I left it alone. And I wasn't even going to worry about it no more. Until I'm on old school BGC. (laughs) And Harold, the old trans woman who used to be a trans woman, but now is a boy, hits me up. And he's like, hey, how you doing? I ain't seen you in a minute. Have you talked to your dad? And I told him, no, he blocked me. And Harold was like, you know what? This situation is getting fucked up. Here's my number. Call me. We got some shit to talk about. So I called Harold. And Harold said, last time I talked to your daddy, he was tripping about you being a trans woman. It was a surprise to me, and I'm sure it's a surprise to you. But that's what it was. He, when we talked and I asked him why he wasn't hitting you up, he was like, oh, I just don't want to have to deal with that tranny shit. So, you know, I'm gagged. I'm like, of all motherfuckers, the gay daddy is the one who got a problem with me being a trans woman? What the fuck? So, Harold continues. He says, well, I'm about to give you the real. When you were younger, back in 97, your mom didn't want to give all the real tea. And I don't know why, but this is what went down. Your dad was just not some gay boy. He wasn't just some gay boy that didn't know that was gay and finally came to terms with him being gay. Your dad was actually a tranny chaser. Like, when I met your dad, he hadn't messed around with boys at all. And me and him were a hot item. He, your dad, your grandfather kicked him out of the house for being gay. And he moved in with me because your dad was the hot boy on the street. I was 20 and he was 17. He didn't have nowhere to go. And he moved in with me and we stayed together for some years. Um, I was a trans woman and he loved me and I loved him. One day I was coming, we were coming out of my apartment and guess who we saw? We saw your mother. Your mother knew my tea because I was a popular trans woman in the area. And so seeing him with me was this big old issue. So she found out at that moment that he was messing around with me just because he was hanging with me. So all the rumors about us, all the rumors about him being gay were confirmed because he was with me, living with me. Which explains why my mother went off. Why my mother went off at the hotel. My mother didn't tell me because remember, I was 11. She didn't explain everything to me. Why, not why my mother went, went off at the hotel. Why she went off at the hospital, remember? So, Harold, her name was Rochelle when she was a girl. Um, Harold said that your mother was pregnant and saw us together and it confirmed everything that everybody was saying about your dad that she was gay she started cussing him out you motherfucker and you faggot motherfucker and your dad was devastated your dad told me that um, that that was his potential baby mama and he thinks that that's his baby in her belly and he didn't know 
that she was living in that area. So when she saw him and me, she went off. And so, hence (laughs) why my mother went off. Anyway, so Harold says, they didn't want to tell you about me and him getting together because your dad is trade. He ain't really a gay boy. He might, at the time, at the time, he was a piece of trade that everybody wanted in, in the gay community. But he, I had him. <laughs> and, yes, he ended up messing with boys years later. But at the time, he wasn't messing with boys. He was messing with me, the trans woman. So it's really ironic that your mother would have you and you grow up to be a trans woman. <laughs> so, of course, I get off the phone and call my mother my mother now mind you i'm in my 30s when this happened when this when i get this tea and i call my mother and my brother like yeah that's what happened i didn't want to talk about it because at the end of the day i did push him out of your life because i felt like he was a faggot and i don't want no faggot raising my son and but how you grew up i felt like that was god's way of saying this is this is your curse or whatever (laughs) or whatever he was she was like i don't know why i don't know what happened but what i do know is this now that you a grown woman that has been in love and been in relationships i could talk to you how i want to talk to you your father was not just a gay boy and I did not just push him out of lot your life because he was a he was gay. Your father wasn't a good dude. Like he was a fuck boy. <clears throat> he he would make me feel special at the same time of making me feel like shit. Like he would buy me clothes and do all this cute stuff to me for me to be more feminine. But he would read me in the process of doing it. Like, he would talk shit about me. He would make me embarrassed. Like, he didn't want to bring me home to meet his mama, even though he did. But he would embarrass me. Like, I am like I was this ghetto, dirty thing. And he was this uppity, pretty boy, middle class thing. And he made me feel less than. But at the same time, it's making me feel loved. Like, I can't, I can't explain that. But you as a woman, now that you're a woman, you and been in love and know how dudes can play these mind games. That's how your father was. He would make me feel special to try to fuck me. And then because I was kind of like this fucking experiment to him, like now that I'm looking back on it, he really was fucking gay and he wanted to be with boys. But I just so happened to be the girl who was he was in love with like because he was in love with me, but he really liked men. He really liked boys. Well, at the time, trans women, whatever. This is how my mother would say it. (laughs) And, you know, he broke my heart and made me feel less than, but at the same time making me feel loved. So I would go back and forth waning from being feeling less than and feeling love, feeling less than and feeling love and back and forth, back and forth. He was putting me through emotional wreck. And 
once I found, but I didn't have any way to fight back at him because me and my low self-esteem felt like he was better than me. He was pretty. He was fine. He was attractive. Everybody wanted him. His mother, he had his mother and father. I didn't have my mother and father. He had him and his mom and dad was in love and at home and had this perfect little life, even though his mom was always drunk, but they still lived together. He had this perfect life. He was much in a different bracket than me. So I believed all the bullshit about him thinking I'm ghetto and thinking I'm less than him. And even though, yeah, I'm ghetto on the motherfucker, but I ain't less than you, nigga. But at the time, as a 16-year-old, 14, 15, 16-year-old girl, I did feel like he was doing me a favor by loving me. And me, as her daughter who's been in love and been through fuck boy nigga shit, I totally felt her. Like I totally got my mother. It was one of the first times that I understood. I it was a it was a woman talking to a woman conversation that me and my mother was having instead of just a mom talking to a daughter. It was a woman talking to a woman. And she was like, I couldn't have a woman to woman talk with you at eleven. I couldn't have a woman to woman talk with you at seventeen. But now that I've been through love situations with you, I've seen you and your man deal with y'all situations. And now you a woman now you've you're going through life as a woman. And you understand how men are like, you know it now so I can have a conversation with you. And this what it this what it was. And so. This whole time he's been making me feel like he was on this pedestal and I was beneath him and he was coming down and doing me a favor. And then all of a sudden I see him with a fucking tranny. You really are a faggot. Everybody who was calling you a faggot, you really are a faggot. So now not only am I embarrassed but I only but now I finally got something that I can use against you that I can fight back I finally got something against you so now I can literally call you a faggot and it be true and it can be a dagger that I can throw because before when you throw throw daggers at me about being ghetto when you throw daggers at me about being dirty because my mama couldn't buy me all the shit that your parents could buy you when you throw daggers at me about you having to buy me heels because my mama couldn't afford me to get me stuff nice like that when you throw daggers about how you don't want to bring me back to your house because your mama said that I was a hood rat Uh, when you throw these daggers that I didn't have no ammunition to throw back at you and get say something back Now I got the faggot dagger that I can throw at you because you are a faggot. You are a homo. You a motherfucking fag. And I can say all of this shit to you out of anger, not out of, oh, I hate gay people. That's what it's that's what I thought you this is now this is my mother's what my mother's telling me. She said, I know you thought that I was a homophobe when I told him to get out the hospital and my son is not going to be a faggot be raised by a faggot but it wasn't about me hating gay people it was about me using that as a weapon to hear to hurt his feelings with because i know he was questioning his sexuality at the time he he was questioning it it wasn't oh my god i'm gay and i'm accepting i'm gay he was questioning it it was something that he was ashamed of and now at that moment that was a dagger that i can hit him with it wasn't about me hating gay people because 
you know, I met other gay people, and I can't say that I'm, you know, like, oh, my God, I hate gay people. Ah, some disgusting Bible shit. They're disgusting. No, you know I'm not Bible like that. But for him, I needed that as my weapon, and that's what I used to hurt his feelings. Kicking him out of that hospital made me feel good. Calling him a faggot made me feel good. That was my weapon to hurt him and bring him down from his pedestal. He was a fuck boy, fucking with my emotions, and he was not a good person. So all this shit, this I know you put him on a pedestal because you thought I was the one who put him out, put 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 him out your life. But that wasn't it. He was gonna be out your life because he was a, he's selfish and he what you saw in San Diego when <laughs> y'all was at the theme park and he was mean for the rest of the the whole time he was in in California. That's him. He was gonna do that regardless. He was gonna be a fuck boy regardless. So, last part. Fast forward to two days ago. 2017. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Last year. Last year, I put my DNA at AncestryDNA.com. I put my information in. And I learned that I was Congolese and Great Britain and Mali, Irish, Senegalese, Ivory Coast. So I was all these things. 66% African and 30-something percent European. How the site works is they match your DNA with other people on the site. Fuddy, my father, had put his DNA in in 2008. When a new person puts their DNA in the database, other people, the rest of the people, they match your DNA to them. So they send a notification to my father saying, this new person who has put their DNA in <laughs> is a extremely high poly, po- probability that this is either your child or your parent. And being that they are only this age, they have to be your child. So AncestryDNA.com was Maury in that situation and said, nigga, you are the father. (laughs) And so it sent him a notification. And so when he got the notification, he sent me a Facebook message saying, you know what, I'm an idiot. And I understand if you don't forgive me, but I am so sorry. And when he sent me that message, I just burst into tears. Just burst into tears. I didn't know why it got me so emotional, but it did. And I was like, shit, I don't know why. And so I sent him a message saying, you know what? I forgive you. We all have our idiot moments. But, you know, as long as we moving forward, trying to do better, you know, when we know better, we do better. And so I was like, "Why? what made him randomly hit me up? So I went on my Ancestry.DNA like a couple of days after that, and it sent me the same notification. It said, this person is either your child or your father <laughs> based on your DNA profile because y'all got so much in common. And 
and he had even on there he had sent me a message he was like well shit i guess it's confirmed i'm sorry i'm an idiot please forgive me once again i had he had already sent the message but um i I had just got it two days later and so we just reconnected and hopefully i don't know i don't know how i feel i got so many questions and that was 20 years ago i haven't seen him since 92 so that's like 25 years ago crazy so that was my story daddy's lessons so i hope y'all enjoyed that story and i hope um stay tuned so i can give y'all the rest on what happens next i haven't talked to him we haven't talked to each other on the phone but we're going to so thank you all for listening this has been marcia's plate you can follow us on twitter um and facebook at marcia's plate um you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Diamond Styles. Diamond spelled the regular way, S-T-Y-L-Z. And that's me sounding off. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Everything's gonna be, every little thing's gonna be all right. Oh, don't you worry about a thing. Little 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 little